on this matter of truth and dare, and the whole premise behind this Sunday School series for us is we understand that every day of the Christian life we're engaging in a spiritual battle. And uh, this is a series that God put on my heart uh, that kind of revolves around the life of David uh, that goes along with our yearly theme for the cause of Christ. But the passage today follows where uh, David had just killed Goliath. And I want to pick up reading here this morning, and it actually says first 18, but if you look at a couple verses in the end of chapter 17, I want to begin in chapter 17, verse 55, and it will give us a little bit of context behind the passage this morning, all right? So I'm in 1 Samuel 17, verse 55. The Bible says, when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, inquire thou whose son this stripling is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Now, can you just get that picture? He's, he's walking, he's going with Abner to see Saul, and he's still holding Goliath's head in his hand. I mean, you know, now, we, look, we've studied enough about David to this point that we, we know that David said that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel, right? So, I, listen, I don't know how you feel. I personally feel like David's not walking around with that head in his hand like it's a trophy. David's walking around with that head in his hand to remind everybody that sees that head that God won the victory. That's what David's doing. He's still holding that. And the Bible says here in verse 58, Saul said unto him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy, what's that next word? Servant, Jesse the Bethlehemite. Now look in chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. This is our text for our lesson today. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him, uh, would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul, and Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him, and he gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now, when you look at this passage this morning, and I've entitled it, this matter of dare, to serve the king. David was given an opportunity to do something that honestly he would have never thought that he would have the chance to do. Just like me standing here this morning, uh, people a lot of times will say to, to young boys, maybe young girls, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you hear them say policemen and firefighters and all kinds of, you know, professional athletes. I, if you would have asked me, I would have never said a preacher of the gospel. <laughs> I would have never said that because I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I never aspired to be this, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm living the dream. Uh, this is an awesome life God's given to me. And David felt the same way. David thought, listen, I was just doing my duty. I was just serving my God. 
And God has now given me a greater opportunity. But one of the most significant times in David's life, and you can look at so many things, but if you look at the formative years of David's life, one of the most significant times in his life was when David was a servant to Saul, a servant to the king. We can learn a lot from David while he was a servant. And, and listen, it began when he was a shepherd boy. And now we see in the passage today that he's given a larger role that not only was he going to serve his father, but now he gets a chance to serve the king. When I think about David's life, here's why it's a great example to you and me. It's because it, when you study the scriptures and we realize that now that we are in Christ, we are saved, that it is a biblical principle, God's word is clear, that Christians are to be servants. It's just that simple. God saved us. He's left us here. Why? To serve him. And this is what we see. Jesus is a great example. Look at the Bible says in Mark 10, 45, the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to what? To minister. Look, he was the son of God. He was God in the flesh. Jesus could have said, hey, listen, give me something to drink. Rub my feet. You know, uh, do this for me. Do that for me. No, no, no. That's not the spirit of our Lord. Our Lord, he came not so people could minister to him. He came so that he could minister to them. And that's exactly what he did. But you know, our lives, that's what we want. You know, I used to have a, a friend and, you know, he's still a friend I just, uh, you know, again, I, I can't, when it, I, I just try to live my life. I try to live according to God's will for my life. And sometimes I get around folks and I get aggravated and I just have to retell, uh, tell myself that's none of my responsibility and it's none of my business. But if it's a brother in Christ from time to time, God may ask me maybe to, to just speak to that person in love about something. And, and I'll I tell you, every time I went over to this guy's house, I got bothered. And it, it, it got so bad that I quit going to his house. And the reason why is because from the moment this man would walk in the door, his wife would literally wait on him hand and foot every last day. I never saw her ever sit down, ever relax. I mean, her entire life. From the moment he got home, she, she did everything for him. Listen, I appreciate that spirit, but you know, the, the truth is, I, a lot of times I thought to myself, what are you doing for her? You know, what, what's the last thing that you've actually done for her. Our lives should not be lived for ourselves so that we can be served. Our lives should be lived so that we could serve others. You know, I find that there's great joy in serving the Lord and serving others. Uh, yesterday, we had, we had an awesome opportunity, and, and I realize some folks are busy, but we had a church work day, and this, this isn't my church, this isn't your church, this is the Lord's work, and we had, we had about 23, 24 folks show up and it was a blessing just to see everybody. We, nobody had to stand over somebody. Nobody had to say, hey, do this, do that. Everybody showed up and said, hey, what do you want me to do? What can I do? How can I help? You know, I, I walked in and, and uh, I, I came in after uh, I was outside working for quite a while. And I walked in and Nazarel and, and, and a couple ladies were sitting there. And she goes, Pastor, she goes, we just sat down. We're just talking. We're, we're going to get right back up. And I, I mean, I never even gave her that look you know, like, why are you sitting, why aren't you working, you know, but she felt guilty, you know, but that was between her and the Lord, but here's the thing is, is that we have an awesome opportunity to serve like David did, and David's life gives us three practical things that we can take 
in our lives and imply those to our lives. So notice the first one is David was claimed by the king. Saul said, look, I want you to come into my palace and I want you to be my servant. Uh, Saul took notice of, as we read, he took notice of this young boy, this stripling, the Bible calls him, that, that killed this giant of a man and won the victory for God's people. David knew, and listen, I think this is where a lot of people struggle. David knew who his master was, and David was willing to be loyal unto him. See, a lot of times we don't we don't want to be loyal to someone. My pastor used to say out in California when I was under him, he'd say, listen, I don't pay people for disloyalty. You know, we need to make sure that we're loyal. If you're working a job, listen, you need to be loyal to your boss. You give them, listen, not 100%, 110%. Be the best employee your boss has. And we need to make sure that we understand that we have been claimed by the king. Now, listen, David was claimed by Saul. We're claimed by King Jesus. And look at the Bible says here, as we think about how we were claimed, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but we were redeemed, look at this, we were claimed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, the word redeemed, here's what it means, to buy back, to buy back. Now, we, I think you understand, we are God's creation. Would you agree with that? And, and the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So God created us, and because of sin, we fell, we, have, we left the fellowship with God, and so you know what, look, we were sold into sin, our, we were slaves to sin, but God bought us out of that life of sin. God redeemed us, how? By the most precious price that has ever been paid, the precious blood of His Son, Jesus. See, we were once His because He's our Maker, and we have been brought back to Him. And I can say one thing to that, to God be the glory. You know, I think about what the Bible says, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? The Bible says, which ye have of God, you're not your own, you're bought with a price. Therefore, because we've been bought with a price, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Is your life bringing glory to God today? You know, because you, if you're saved, you've been claimed by the king. Once we've been redeemed, what are we to do? Fulfill God's purpose for our life. And what is that purpose? Our purpose is that we would walk with him every day and that we would serve him with our lives. God wants us to serve him. And so our lives should be lived to please God. I don't live to please others. I live to please the Lord. So notice when you think about being claimed by the king, that David was claimed, first of all, by, for service. Uh, he, the Bible says, kind of interesting, when Saul said, I want you to come to be my servant, the Bible says David was no more allowed to go home. I mean, he kind of interesting. David's whole life changed. No longer was David going to be a shepherd in the fields. No longer was David going to be able to sit around the table with his dad and his ornery brothers. You know, David, David's whole life would change. And, and listen, as I think about that, here's the thought that I had is, that I understand that not everyone, every Christian is called into full-time Christian 
work. Somebody like myself, God's called me into full-time ministry, and, and this is the life that God has for me. It's not a vocation. This isn't a job. It's a calling. But understand that although not everybody's called into full-time service, Christian work, I do believe that God wants every Christian to be full-time. In other words, you are to be a Christian 24-7, 365. You're never not a Christian. You know, we represent the Lord everywhere we go, everything we do. We are to serve God as our King full-time. No matter how we make our living, we are to be involved in serving Him. Let me ask you this, how are you involved in serving Him here in this local church? Because there are opportunities that lie before us day in and day out, week in and week out, year after year. There are things that you can do. You might, and here's the misconception is, well, I don't know if I want to work in the church. You're not working in the church, you're serving the Lord. This is the Lord's work. It's marvelous in our eyes, and we want to be involved in this. When something needs to be done, are you a person that can be counted on? You know, look at the Bible says in Colossians 3, whatsoever you do, do it heartily, notice this phrase, as to the Lord. Whatever you do, whatever you put your hand to, you're doing it for the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Jesus. You know, you look, you might be singing in the choir, guess what? You're serving the Lord Jesus. You might be taking the offering, guess what? You're serving the Lord Jesus. You might be running the sound system or the PowerPoints, guess what? You're serving the Lord Jesus. Uh, you dug a plant out of the ground yesterday, moved it somewhere else. You're serving the Lord Jesus. Are you understanding this morning, when we're claimed by the king, like David was, then we are claimed for service. We need to serve him. But then notice David was also claimed for separation. See, David was still the son of Jesse. You know, I, I'm the son of Gary Keeley. Nothing's ever going to change that. You know, have you heard some of these weird things on the news and stuff? These kids nowadays that are, that are legally trying to divorce their parents. Have you heard any of that foolishness? You're like, seriously? You might get a legal document and some judge, evil judge, to rule on that. But guess what? Their blood still flows through your veins. You're still their kid. It doesn't matter what last name you have. You know, David was still the son of Jesse, but watch this. Although he was still Jesse's son, notice now that David belonged to the house of Saul. And when you think about you and I who are saved, we're still children of our parents, but guess what? Now we're a part of the family of God, you know? Uh, we've been washed in the blood, you know, cleansed by the fountain, washed in his blood. So here's the thing is, is that uh, when a man or woman, here's a great illustration, if someone would to join the army, guess what happens when they join the army? They are separated from their family. Uh, they, they go off to boot camp, and then maybe they go off to some tour somewhere uh, to serve in the armed forces, and they're separated from their family. Well, the same thing is true that when we join, a man or woman joins the Lord's army, and by the way, the only entrance to that is salvation, becoming a part of the family of God. The Bible also helps us understand that it requires, just like a person going in the military, separation from their family, I believe that being a part of the Lord's army requires separation from maybe some previous alliances in our lives. Uh, the Bible says, wherefore come out from among them and be ye 
separate, saith the Lord. When God bought us with his blood, guess what? He has every right to claim us and to separate us from the world that we're living in and separate us unto him. See, the Lord is a jealous God. God wants us to live our lives separate from the world and bringing honor to his name. And so David was claimed by the king. He was claimed for service, but he was also claimed for separation. Now, separation is, is, is a biblical uh, principle. It's a doctrine, a cornerstone of what we believe. But so many Christians today do not practice separation from the world and unto the Lord. God says, I'm a holy God, and I want you to be a holy people. So notice David, the principle was he was claimed by the king. Are you saved this morning? Then you've been claimed by the king also. Notice secondly, second principle was David was not only claimed by the king, but he was commissioned by the king. Notice in verse number five again, the Bible says, and David went out whithersoever Saul sent him. David was a representative of Saul. You know what that means? Everywhere that David went, he wasn't going in David's stead. He was going for Saul. And you know what the Bible calls us? We're ambassadors for Christ. That Listen, if you are a Christian, folks, when I got saved, I didn't become a Baptist. When I got saved, I became a Christian. I didn't even know what a Baptist was, you know? It was some slang word. It often times before I even became a Baptist, I didn't, it kind of had a negative kind of connotation to me. And so if somebody asked me, listen, even to this day, if they say, well, well, who are you or what are you? I'll say to them, I'm a Christian. Now, I would, if, if they give me an opportunity, I'll go on to say, I'm a Baptist, but I'm a Baptist by conviction. In other words, as I got saved and I came to understand the Lord more and more, I got deeper into the word of God that the doctrine, the body of doctrine that I, that I believe that's based on the Word of God is I'm baptistic in my beliefs. And, and so a lot of times people will ask me that, and I want to quantify that. I want people to understand a little bit about it because, listen, as we live our lives, I don't, Dane Keeley doesn't live his life for himself. I live my life to represent the Lord. You know, I went to the hospital to see Brother Ken. He was intubated. I walked in. There was nobody in the room. He was, he was sound asleep. And as, he was, as I was just standing there with him, I had a word of prayer with him. I was, I was talking in the room, and the nurse walked in, and she says to me, she goes, she kind of postured herself a little bit, and she goes, who are you? And I said, I said well, I'm his pastor. I said, actually, before she said that, I said, I said how, is, how is Ken doing? I said, can you, can you give me any update on him? And she goes, who are you? And I understand they have protocol in the hospital. They can't share things, you know, unless it's family or whatever. And I just, I kindly said, I'm his pastor. And she, she kind of looked at me and then her tone changed a little bit. And I, she still wouldn't tell me a whole lot. And I just said, can I ask you, is he stable? You know, and she said, yes, he is. And, but, you know, here's the thing is, is as I went, I, I, I went as Ken's pastor. I went representing the Lord in his life. Everything we do, everywhere we go, we represent. David reflected the leadership of Saul. And I love what the Bible says. Because David understood that he had been claimed by the king and he was being sent out by the king, watch this, knowing all that, the Bible says this, he behaved himself wisely. Now, if you're saved this morning, 
and everywhere you go, you're a walking billboard for the Lord, then don't you think that it would be becoming of us to behave ourselves wisely? You know, has anybody in here ever blown it in your life? I got my hand up. Anybody else? Anybody else blown it? You know, in other words, like people know you're a Christian and then you say something or do something or you blow up and after it happens, you're like, man, that was just like the worst representation of what a Christian ought to be like. And, and, and here's what happens. The Holy Spirit's like, way to go. You know? And, 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 you know, and then here's what I have to do. I, I have to ask the Lord to forgive me and then I have to go, because this is the right thing to do, go to those people. By the way, sometimes some of those people I go to are my own kids. My own kids. Talk about degrading. A parent going to their kid. I'm sorry, I was wrong. I should not have erupted and acted the way I did. That was not becoming of a Christian. It is. Because here's the thing is, is that your children then see that guess what? Mom and dad, there's a cricket in here. <laughs> Who's got the cricket? Carol, get that cricket. <laughs> so I've never seen anybody with a cricket ringer. That's pretty cool. Crickets in Sunday school. So here's the thing is, is, is you know, here's what happened is my children then, listen to me now, my children then realize dad's, dad's not perfect, but he's trying to live his life for the Lord. And, and listen, can I tell you that even when that happens, it's not even about me. It's because I am trying my best to represent my king, my God, even to my children. Do you know I've had to go to the staff because I wasn't behaving myself wisely. I remember, Brother Cordy probably remembers, I remember the day I went to Brother Cordy because I wasn't behaving myself wisely with Brother Cordy. You say, Pastor, I didn't know you were that wicked. I am. We all are. We're all sinners saved by grace. David behaved himself wisely. God's commissioned us. Listen, I don't think I need to get into it this morning. Matthew 28 is probably the greatest text. We are, as a church, as Christians, we're to go into all the world, we're, we're to win. I know we can't save people, but we're to bring people to Jesus. We're, we're to help them, encourage them to follow the Lord and believers' baptism, and we're to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. This past week, I started, I started going through discipleship with, with a, a husband and wife. We started going through the discipleship material here at the church, and we've had other folks go through it. Uh, Brother Chris and Miss Abby started with another couple at our church this past week going through discipleship. I've got uh, someone else. that I'm, Brother Kenny uh, just started with two teenagers this past week going through. Say, Pastor, why are you doing all that? Because God's commissioned us. We've been commissioned by the king. Saul's reputation, listen to this, it depended on David fulfilling the commission. In other words, Saul asked David, I want you to go do this. I want you to go do this. And when David did it and he behaved himself wisely, guess who it made, guess who was made to look good? The king. And when you and I do what God asked us to do, guess who's made to look good? God. And by the way, 
We need to do everything we can. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need our help. But I'll tell you this, again, to God be the glory. God, God is the one that should be the focus. When people come to church, listen, we don't come to this church to be entertained. We come to get something from God. And as we come, listen, we have, notice first of all, just like David, he was commissioned as a servant. The Bible says he went out. You know what that means when he went out? Guess which place he had to leave? The palace. Guess what the palace held for him? Comforts. I mean, I guarantee you, David probably took a step up. You know, I don't know what, you know, I don't know if he had a, a Sealypostropedic mattress at his dad's house. But I guarantee you, when he got to the palace, he had one, you know. I guarantee you the food probably was a little step up in the palace than it was at home. That doesn't mean it was bad at home. It just means that when David left, he left all the, listen, when, when he left the palace, he left the comforts that were there. And that's the problem with most Christians today is, is we're comfortable, you know. If I'm going to serve God, then I've got to get out of my, my padded chair. I've got to step out of the air-conditioned auditorium, you know. I've got to work with kids that are screaming and hollering. I've got to change some diapers. I've got to come a little bit early to practice in the choir. Is this ringing a bell, you know? A lot of times we're like, you know, listen, I don't, but God has commissioned us, and he's commissioned us to be a servant just like he did David. Uh, listen, we should ask the Lord every day of our lives, Lord, where would you like me to go today? What would you like for me to do for you today? Because he was commissioned. You know, God may ask us. He may. I'm not saying he will. And a lot, this is the reason why a lot of times people don't pray. God may, he may ask us to leave the comforts of our home and maybe go to a, a foreign field. Or God may ask us to leave our comfort zone. It could be something that simple. You know, it might be to leave the job you're working on and God might have a different job that he has for you. And when you go to that new job, you're like, listen, I don't understand. Things were so good at my old job. Now it's like all I'm doing is dealing with, and you know, I, a lot of times I'll tell Christians, I'll say, D have you ever thought that maybe God put you there because there was no Christian witness there? And now guess who is that Christian witness? You are. And it might not be comfortable, but why don't you ask the Lord to help you? God put you there to serve, and we need to understand that as servants, our answer to God, when God asks us to do something, should always be one of submission. Jesus, he, he did the will of his Father. We're going to hear that this morning in the message. Look what the Bible says in Philippians 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. Do you see that statement there? Jesus could have came and he could have been a king when he, when he arrived here. That's why a lot of people thought, well, listen, this can't be the Messiah. This can't be the Christ because anybody who came to rule would have came with, a, with an entourage, would have came with a, on a white horse, would have came with all fanfare and, and red carpet. No, Jesus came humbly. He took upon himself the form of a servant. And the Bible says he was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Christ's commission. Why did Jesus come into this world? Well, we said it earlier. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. So what did Jesus do? He came to serve. 
He came to serve. Now, how did Jesus serve? Two ways. He served in his life, and he served by his death. See, Jesus served in every aspect, and we're commanded to do the same thing. He says, that mind that was in my son Jesus, let this mind be in you. You mean God wants me to serve? Absolutely. God wants every Christian to serve. Andrew Murray said, God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to him. So God, God commissioned David to be a servant to the king, but then notice he also commissioned him as a leader. The Bible gives us here a tremendous testimony about David, and I mentioned it earlier, David behaved himself wisely. Boy, I wish that could be said of all of us, that we would behave ourselves in a way that, that honors the Lord. What's the end result of somebody that behaves themselves wisely? Well, the end result is that that person will, by God, be, giving, be given further responsibilities. Remember, David was a shepherd boy. What is he doing now? He's serving the king. God's giving him further responsibilities. First, remember, he went out. He was a representative. But look back in verse 5. Look what it says. He went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So look, first he set out as a, as a representative of Saul. And Saul sees how David is loyal to him. And so Saul says, you know what? I'm going to give him more responsibility. I'm going to give him more opportunity. And so here's what he does. He sets him over the men of war. The Bible says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is in, unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Here's, here's a little principle. And, and I know people don't really like this, but it's what the Lord put on my heart, so I'm going to say it. You know, a lot of times you think about financially what we have. And, and we understand that all good gifts come down from above, that it all belongs to God anyway, right? But here's the thing is, sometimes people think, you know, I just, I, I need a new car. You know, my car's on its last wheel, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, they're thinking about things like that. Let me ask you, what are you doing with the least that you have right now? He that is faithful in least will be also faithful in much. I learned a long time ago from my pastor that if you're, if you're a pastor of a church and you're considering deacons for your church, you don't pray about and, and ask men who are not serving. You find men who are already serving and then you ask them if they'll be a deacon. Because guess what? They have shown by their life that their heart is that I want to serve God. I understand that I've been claimed by the king and I've been commissioned by the king. And in our lives, we need to be faithful in everything that God has given to us. Find somewhere, whether it's small or great, find somewhere that you can serve the Lord. You know, and, and, and I've, I've suggested even this morning, but oftentimes you'll hear me as a pastor, you'll hear me say, hey, listen, we need more nursery workers. You know, some of you ladies, maybe once a month, it'd be helpful. 
you know, uh, we need more greeters. We need more folks in the choir. Listen, it's not about so that we can have this many people sing in the choir. It's that we're serving the Lord. God gives us an opportunity in many different ways. But listen, find somewhere. Our leadership, just like David's, it's determined by our service. I'm going to say that again. Our leadership, we're never going to be able to lead unless we first serve. You've got to follow. You've got to be a servant. God will entrust us in leadership roles if we prove to be faithful by our servant roles. And so David was claimed by the king. He was commissioned by the king. But look at the third thing I see in David's life is he was commended by the king. Look at verse 5 again, the very last part of it. He was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. You know, it must have been wonderful for David to be commended by the king of his country. I mean, the truth is, look, human nature, we all like to be recognized. We all like to be commended. A lot of times, you know, uh, I don't really like to get up here and start naming names because I'm always afraid I'm going to forget someone. But everybody likes to hear their name. Everybody likes to be commended. You know, uh, uh, it's, it's just a wonderful thing to be commended by someone. But listen, here's the greatest thing is, is to be commended by the king of kings, by the Lord himself. And I see that, how that every one of us, we should want to live our lives in such a way that I mentioned that our lives bring glory to God. Look at Matthew 25, 21. He said, Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful what? Yeah, did you see it there? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. See, that's what God wants. Notice we see here, letter A, that David was commended for his character. You know, David's character, how did it develop? Through a series of right decisions. You know, we make choices, we make decisions. And by the way, all of us have probably made some bad, wrong ones. But listen, why don't, why don't you say, Lord, with your help, I'm going to move forward and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave those things. We're going to hear about that this afternoon. I hope you hang around for that afternoon service. But notice when I think of David's character for 1 Samuel 18, again, he behaved himself wisely in all his ways. That verse goes on to say, Saul saw him, he behaved himself very wisely. Not just wisely, very wisely. 1 Samuel 18, 30 the princes of the Philistines went forth, came to pass after they went forth, that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was very much set by. I mean, David, listen, this was all because of what the Lord had done in David's life, because God was with him. David's behavior, listen, Saul was a man that had a troubled spirit. He, he was really had the heart of an unspiritual man, but he, David's behavior actually created fear in the heart of, of Saul. When David uh, began to behave himself, Saul was troubled with that. Even the Philistines knew that there was something different about David. And I wonder in your life and mine, if our character, while we're out in public, people hear us and see us, does it say that we're behaving wisely? Are we living according to the fear of the Lord? The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. The fear of the Lord 
it's the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Are those uh, around us taking notice of our character? Whether good or bad, I'm sure that they're taking notice of something. And that's why the Bible says, Jesus said in the Beatitudes, he, right after that, he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father, which is in heaven. It's not about what you and I can do. It's not about some message I can preach. It's not about some song you can sing. It's not about anything we do. It's that God would get the glory, that everything would be deflected to Him. Are you starting to see a theme this morning that our lives should be lived to bring glory to God? You know, I, I, you know there's a lot of great uh, coaches over the years that that are men of great wisdom. And one of those guys, I never knew the man personally, and I, I don't know, I think I ever watched one game that he ever coached, but John Wooden, who coached the UCLA Bruins, was a man of great wisdom, and he said this, and I love this, be more concerned with your character than with your reputation. Your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. And I think he had it right. David was commended. You know why he was commended? For his character. But then notice, because of David's character, secondly, he was commended by the people. See, the people took notice of David too. They had respect for David because David respected the king. And we should always, in our lives, everything we do, we should seek the commendation of the king. We should live our lives for the Lord. We should do things for God's will and God's approval instead of man's approval. As we live our lives, here's what's going to happen. As we live our lives to please God, in his time, God will lift us up. God will raise us up or advance us. Our usefulness will increase. It's quite simple. If we've proven ourselves to be faithful in the responsibilities that God's given to us, then God will give us bigger responsibilities. Look at Joshua 3, 7. The Lord said unto Joshua, This day, look at these words, Will I begin to magnify thee? Notice, in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. See, until the Lord magnifies us, we should have the spirit of John the Baptist. He must increase and I must decrease. My prayer this morning is, listen, yes, God's given me the opportunity to deliver his message, to preach the word, but I just want to get out of the way. I just want the Lord to speak to us, that God's will would be done. See, as a Christian, we said this morning, we are no longer our own. We've been bought with a price. Guess who we belong to? The king. And as you think about that, God saved us he saved us to serve him. And by the way, when we serve him, guess what it does for others? It encourages others to serve him also. And then I see this morning that we need to choose to be faithful, to represent the Lord, not just some of the time and not only on Sunday, but represent the Lord every day as a child of God. Three great principles that we, we have learned from David's life. He was claimed by the king, he was commissioned by the king, and he was commended by the king. And I hope that'll be said of all of us. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our lives as we live. Lord, thank you again for the wonderful truths this morning, uh, simple, easy to get a hold of truths 
that, God, you want us to live. Pray that you'd bless the word of God to our hearts. May we not let it get away. May you help us to remember, recall, but most of all, that we would love you and serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.